Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest And a very good Tuesday morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme. John Paul is taking a few days off. So Bernie is in taking your calls this morning. Anything you want to share with us, we always love to hear from you. 1850-333-103. Text and WhatsApp's up and running as well at 086 And that's, of course, the text and the WhatsApp number you need if you want to enter our smart speaker giveaway, which we will be doing later on in the programme. Don't to text us until I give you the cue to tell you when to text our WhatsApp and you could win one of those smart speakers. This is our final week of the C103 smart speaker giveaway with done deal for all of Ireland's trusted car and dealerships. So your chance to win another one of those smart speakers today on the programme. If you were listening to the news that were raged there at 10 o'clock, you would have heard the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly on his way into the Cabinet meeting which is taking place this morning. Sounding like it does look like it's going to be a little bit of good news for couples who are planning to get married in uh, August and it looks like up to 100 people will be permitted to attend the uh, weddings and the Cabinet are discussing those proposals this morning. There were concerns that plans to ease restrictions on weddings would have been delayed and obviously that's due to the increasing number of COVID-19 cases that are being caused because of the Delta variant arriving on our shores. At the moment, 50 people, anyone getting married this weekend, for example, or anyone getting married today, they can have 50 guests at their wedding ceremony and at their uh, reception. But it is expected, I mean, Stephen Donnelly all but said it's going to go ahead, but he couldn't preempt what will be signed off at Cabinet. But they'll have the discussion this morning and it does look like 100 people will be allowed to attend a wedding from uh, next month. And I think... What scuppered it was last week was when they tarnished that Leo Varadkar said that anybody planning to get married in, in August should be doing it on the basis of 50 people uh, attending the wedding. And that just sent alarm bells ringing through so many couples who had, as all, many of them have already cancelled weddings from last year. I know of one couple that I heard of, it is their fourth time rearranging a date for their wedding and they were, they moved it ahead to August 
because they had heard that the numbers were going to go up to 100. But of course, it wasn't set in stone. And Leo Varadkar was the pains to point that out last week that nobody ever said for definite it was going to be at 100. They were hoping to make it to 100. But I think couples just heard you can have 100 guests at your wedding and that was enough for most couples to go away and start making the plans and writing up the invites and sending out the invites. And it was putting couples in a dreadful, dreadful dilemma of if they went ahead with the wedding, only able to have 50 instead of 100, having to look at your guest list and then contact half of the guest list and explain to people you're not going to be able to attend. And I mean, I heard and I know of people who are travelling over, travelling to back to Ireland for weddings. So there's travel arrangements, people have flights booked, people have hotel accommodation uh, booked. And this was all on the basis that 100 people would be allowed at the wedding. So anyway, it's looking like that is going to get signed off uh, this morning and the number of guests. Now, whether it'll break before we finish at one o'clock today, we will keep an eye on it. Uh, and also I'm trying to keep an eye on what's happening in Dublin because there's meant to be a protest by brides due to be held in Dublin today. Now it's not just going to be brides but I think everyone's talking about it being a protest of brides in Dublin. The demonstration has been organised by Wedding International Professionals Association and they, they obviously have called for the number of wedding guests to be increased. So it's everybody who's involved in the wedding industry. You'll have the photographers, the videographers, the musicians, the DJs, the hotels, the florists. There's just so many people involved in organising a wedding. And of course, you'll have the brides and the grooms as well. So I don't know if that protest is going to go ahead or not or whether they'll be protesting. And then somebody from Cabinet will run out and say, it's OK, you can have 100 people at your wedding. So we will keep a, a close eye on that. Actually, talking of even with the 100 guests going ahead, I'm assuming they still won't be allowed to have la- live music because we are going to be talking about that on the programme today. On Sunday, it was the 500th day since the music fell silent and the entertainment, live entertainment uh, industry were forced to close down. They were, as many say, they were the first to close down when we went into the first lockdown and they've never come back. There's never been a stage where they have been allowed some, you know, some parts of industry, like the indoor hospitality, got a period of time last year where they were allowed to be back up and uh, running. But this, the live music industry has really been absolutely uh, decimated and there's the worry that some people involved in the industry may never come back. They, you know, they've gone on, they've for retrained or they've gone into different uh, careers so we could have a problem going forward that we won't have the workers that's required for the live music industry when everything is back up and running but we'll be speaking with them on the uh, programme this morning 1850 Bernie is taking your calls and can I just pay reference and I don't know if somebody can tell me who's behind this painting it's a picture by Dan Lenahan on the back page of the Irish Examiner today and it's a picture of an abandoned house in the village of Ring in West Cork and it's been livened up by the painting of a woman and her cat at the half door and it's just stunning. It's an old, it looks like it's an old abandoned cottage from what I can see in, in the photograph and where the door once was they have painted over I mean there's obviously some kind of a door uh, still there but they've painted it to make it look like it's a half door and an elderly white haired woman 
bespeckled is leaning on the half door looking out on a fine summer's day and the cat is up against the half door saying let me in or give me a bit of a rub there would you missus and it's just it's delightful it's absolutely delightful and just fantastic because we have so many of these abandoned and derelict houses dotted all over the country and with a little bit of imagination and creativity and an artist's hand what you can do to transform these abandoned buildings. It really is stunning. As I say, if anybody can tell me who painted that, I'd, I'd love to give them the proper recognition and the credit on the radio uh, today. Our text and WhatsApp services are open at 0862 103 103. You can already see calls and texts uh, coming in about a piece that we ran on the news at 10 o'clock and it was a quote from the Taoiseach. He was speaking as, as he was heading into the Cabinet meeting this morning and he announced that the first walk-in COVID-19 vaccination centres are due to open across this weekend, the bank holiday weekend. Now, we can't get any further details because we're told that the full details will be revealed by the HSE later on today. Uh, The Taoiseach was speaking ahead of the Cabinet and he said it it is aimed at getting more young people vaccinated. He said, I think it's been a very effective programme so far, but we want to encourage high participation rates now among the remaining age cohorts. He said to that extent, the HSE will be adding walk-in vaccination centres over the bank holiday weekend to facilitate further vaccination among 16, 17 and 18-year-olds onwards in uh, particular. And of course, we know today vaccination registration open to anybody aged 16 and uh, 17. Uh, But this is to be a walk-in vaccination vaccination centres and I don't know which vaccination centres are going to be selected for walk-in. Will they all be open for walk-ins? And will it only be for 16, 17 and 18 year olds who haven't already uh, registered or will it be open to anyone who wants to walk in and get a vaccine? Because we do have a number of people who are still waiting on an appointment to get a vaccine. So we'll wait and see. Can we get more details on that but it was something it was just a comment that was made by the Taoiseach on the way into the uh, Cabinet uh, meeting and this time yesterday of course we were wishing the very best of luck to the pubs and restaurants that opened yesterday for indoor uh, dining for the first time at uh, this year 2021 uh, but the helpline designed to help people to get the digital COVID certificate which will allow them access to the bars and restaurants that continued to suffer very, very long delays yesterday and we had a number of calls and emails in from terribly frustrated uh, people. Uh, We know under the new rules for indoor dining it's open for people who are fully vaccinated But it's also open for anyone who has had COVID-19 in the last six months and uh, recovered from uh, it. Now, many people are opting to use their digital COVID uh, certificate to access hospitality and the Department of Health helpline remained under pressure yesterday because of it. If you haven't received your digital COVID certificate and you have been vaccinated either through your GP or through a vaccination centre, you'll have your vaccination card. You'll be okay. If, you, if your cert hasn't arrived yet, you'll be able to go. And pubs and restaurants and hotels will accept that as proof of vaccination. But I think the big one is for the people who have recovered from COVID-19 who are trying to get one of these uh, certs. Now, they've given out these stats on the number of people, number of calls they have handled. And a statement from the department said the line has handled 10,500 of the 126,000 calls. So that's less than 20 
That's less than 10% of the people who made calls actually got through and uh, spoke to someone. They have increased the number of agents. They're up to 85 since last Friday. The voice response, by the way, I'm told, has been amended. So callers are now given additional information on options so they won't have to stay on uh, the line. Uh, 5,300 requests since Friday have been handled. They say they're working to continuously improve the service offered to members of the public. And as with the recovery certificate portal, they're examining and introducing additional self-service or automated services in the coming days. They are saying that the average wait times continues to be above 90 minutes and then when you do manage to get through your problem is generally solved in about nine minutes so you can see even with the extra people online if it's taking on average nine minutes every time to sort out the person's query you can see that the poor old agents they're doing the best that they can and see me the call agents are working from 150 different scripts given the unique and complex queries that have been presented to them on the digital COVID uh, certificate and a reminder to people if you are looking to get the a recovery search that the online portal is available to you where you can fill in all of the details and you can access your recovery search portal that way and that certainly will be much quicker for you. To request a search you have to have had a positive PCR test more than 11 days ago and less than six months ago and the six months it's not done in calendar months it's 180 days and then the cert proves that you had COVID-19 in the past 180 days and uh, you can then apply for your EU digital COVID uh, certificate and you can do that online because initially people were all ringing the helpline to get those but they quickly realised they needed to do that online will they have more automated services in the coming weeks it's looking like it but it's just going to take time. So for people who are still trying to get through to the helpline 1-800-807-008, you can expect on average to be waiting uh, 90 minutes at the very least. Our numbers are available. Bernie won't have you on hold for 90 minutes, she tells me. 1850 But the quickest way you can get through is by text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862 With the reopening of indoor hospitality yesterday, let us not forget that the live entertainment industry has still not been given a date when they can return to work. Last Sunday marked the 500th day since the live entertainment sector shut down. So when will the sound of silence ends? To talk to me, I'm joined by Mark O'Reilly, who is guitarist and vocalist with the Portumna-based band Hot Fuss. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning. And Good morning. You're, you're welcome to the programme. Had you been hopeful for a return to work at the same time or around the same time as the reopening of indoor hospitality? Yeah, we were really hoping for that and things. we were really hoping that, that things would be changed by now and that people would be back to work. Um, you know, 500 days is, is a long time to be out. Um, still no clear guidelines from government, still no answers. We still have no date. Um, I suppose a lot of people, there are supports there in place at the minute, but a lot of people will still have no supports um, even up to now. So it, it's, it's been 500 days with nothing and, and still... Um, no roadmap ahead. And we've seen, Mark, some trial events. I mean, were they all successful? Um, the, the trial events were successful. Some of them did test and some of them didn't. Um, 
you know, the outdoor events are a completely different thing. Um, there are outdoor events allowed at the minute, so, you know, some of them are going ahead at, at festivals and, and things like that um, with, with limited numbers. But it's really the indoor um, events that are that are catching um, a lot of the people and the majority of the workers in the industry that need to get back to work. Um, I suppose people were really relying on the summertime um, to make hay while the sun shines and... Uh, you know, slowly but surely, that seems to be just fading away now. And um, you know, even last night, with with some of the the guidelines changed, um, we're still not a hundred percent clear on it. We don't know can these workers get back to work. And you know, if we've lost the summer, we're going to face a very difficult winter. And it looks like, um, you know, the governments are, are well. They have plans to cut the PUP in September. So for an industry that hasn't worked in five hundred days. Um, that hasn't had any um, real supports. A lot of people, even though I said there are supports out there in, in different ways, um, but a lot of people won't have got those supports. Yeah, it, it didn't cover everybody in the industry. Yeah, 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 they didn't cover everybody in the industry. So now some of those people are, are facing cuts to their PUP coming into into a, a very bleak looking winter time. And then, you know, to read in today's papers that audience are returning to theatres and concert venues in the north from 6pm today. Live performances can resume uh, before crowds in purpose-built venues. Shows, there'll be ticket only, tickets bought in advance. Audience will have to remain seated in allocated seating areas, social distancing and all of that. But they're able to do it up north. And I'm, I'm assuming you'd abide by any sort of rules and regulations that will be brought in just to get the industry back up and running. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the workers would be willing to do anything at this stage just to get things, um, you know, and, and everybody would be happy to do, you know, we want to reopen safely as well too. Um, I think that's very important and people are very conscious of that. Um, but it, it's just trying to trying to get back. It's just it's just for the government to put something in place. It seems like they're, um, you know, they're just not thinking about us and um, we seem to be just last in the queue. Um, this industry, and unfortunately, um, they're not giving us answers we need. And um, but we, you know, guidelines need to be lifted. They need to give people um, dates that they can plan for, whether it be weddings or whatever it is they have coming up, whatever events they have. Um, but it seems a little, you know, ridiculous that they're they're starting at, at, at the higher end of it. Um, you know, we got to remember all all the bars and stuff that you know the one-man shows out yeah. there as well, the yeah. two-piece people, the DJs, all those people. There's hundreds and thousands of these people around the country that need to get back to work. Um, that This is their job. This is their livelihood. It's what pays their mortgage. It's what pays their bills. And so it's really important that, that they get looked after. Yeah, I mean, the rumblings coming from the Minister for Arts, Catherine uh, Martin, um, I mean, I saw her her saying that they, she's expecting a safe and controlled uh, return to performing within the coming weeks. But like, how long is that? I mean, is that doesn't give you, you, you need dates at this stage. Yeah, so we need definite dates. Um, that seems like just, it's like kicking the can down the road. It's just an answer um, to keep people away. For another while, um, take the heat off. Um, you know, in the coming weeks, um, you, you know, we need to know if they're going to reopen in the coming weeks. We need to know now so we can plan ahead for the coming weeks. Um, but they don't seem to be given that answer, and there seems to be just so many different departments um, not communicating with each other. And one department will want one thing, but the other department won't let it. And um, you know, we're coming to a bad time of the year as well too, where where a lot of these people are, are going on holidays. 
So, you know, are they, are they just going to forget about us? Yeah, Martin, one of our listeners is a musician. He hasn't worked since uh, last year. What he can't understand is nearly 70% of the population are now vaccinated. Why can't vaccine passports be used to attend gigs? A little bit like what they're doing with hospitality. Yeah, so like, I mean, that, that's that's something that will definitely work. But uh, they're just not giving us um, a clear picture of what they're going to do or what they want us to do. Um you know, if if they want musicians to be vaccinated and, and crowds to be vaccinated, I I can't see why it wouldn't work. Of course, it'll work. Let's get it moving. Let's get it running. But they just um, it seems like they've they've other things um, on their mind that they, they, they don't want to touch this industry at all. And and I know, and I mentioned it at the top of the program that the cabinet are meeting this morning, and one of the things they are expected to sign off on is the doubling of guests at weddings from fifty to a hundred. Now, your band, uh, Mark, you you do you do weddings? Well, you did yes. before the pandemic. Uh, there's still no live music at weddings. Is th- 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 isn't that still the same? Yeah. So the um, some some of the the statutory instruments have been changed, and some of the guidance have been changed. Um, only only last night, um, seems like yesterday, there's still a lot of uncertainty around them, um, whether it's they're talking about receptions or whether they're talking about ceremonies. Um, so we just need a little bit more clarity on that. Um, but it looks like that the, um, the music is only allowed at ceremonies. And if they are allow- allowing music at the reception, um, which hopefully they are, um, but I don't think so, but, uh, but hopefully they will, there still is no dancing. It's now it's now um, an offence to have dancing and an indoor setting. But you, why why would you have a band if you can't get up and dance? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, it seems like they're just um, you know causing huge devastation in this industry, and 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 it's it's like they don't want to help it. It just seems that way that they just do not want to help this industry and get it back up and running again. And when did you last do a wedding, Mark, with your band? Um, we our last gig, which wasn't at a wedding, was on the twelfth of March, twenty twenty, and it was in um, Ballina in County Mayo, and um, we were just coming. You know, that time, um, music and entertainment, especially in the in the scene that I work in, is sporadic by nature. Um, so we were just coming out of a, a quiet time, an okay time, and coming into our busy time. So we're really looking forward to getting things back. You know, busy from March on, things start really picking up. And then we were hit with this, um, and we haven't gigged since. And were you booked for a lot of weddings for the summer of 2020? We had a huge amount of weddings in. Um, we changed people's dates two times, three times, oh, four times. Um, we still have some of those dates in our diary. Um, the administration of that is absolutely um, crazy. It was just you know, moving people forward, moving them back people not knowing what they wanted to do and um, we have a lot of stuff pushed on but now at this stage over the last couple of months people just wanted to go ahead with their wedding they were sick of changing their yeah, dates they wanted yeah. to go ahead so they were just happy to do it with limited numbers and no music um, so we, we which means we you've lost, lost the gig yeah, yeah you've lost yeah. the gig and by by all accounts I know I was speaking with uh, Tara Fay a wedding planner uh, last mm. week on the programme she say, she's saying next year is just chaotic with the amount of weddings that have been booked because people who decided that say I'm not going to have to hope of getting married this year so 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 even for people who are deciding oh well we, we won't get married this year they, they won't get a date for next year yeah, so I suppose next year we'll be very busy with, with, with weddings from 2020 and 21 being pushed out and on top of the bookings that would be coming in anyway. Yeah. Um, for people planning to get married. Um, 
I know for us from kind of March on would be would be very busy and hopefully we can get back then to March but I suppose we have to think of between now and March which how is you su- How away. do you survive till then? And is there also a danger, Mark, that people will have just left the industry? That yeah. people will just have decided I can't put up with this anymore. I'm going to complete career change, do something else. Yeah, and the amount of people, and, and it seems like, the, 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 in a way, it seems like the government want that. Um, you know, they want people to retrain. They want to push them onto job seekers. They're cutting the PUP. It takes a whole section and pushes them onto job seekers' allowance and that they want them to retrain. And, um, you know, that seems to be what's, what's, what's happening out there, you know. But we will always need people in the live entertainment industry. We're going to yeah. have huge gaps. You know, because you think of even people like the sound engineers, the lighting uh, people... They're all going to be needed one day. We will all get out of this pandemic. Yeah, it's such a shame. Um, you know, this, this Ireland relies on its music and entertainment. We sell it for tourism. You know, it's everywhere. Um, you know, you walk up down any street in, in, in Cork, and your towns are, are in Cork City, and there's music coming from yeah. absolutely everywhere, and there's buskers out on the street. We have so much music in Ireland. The tourists love it. Um, all those people are going to be gone. Um It'll be a real shame. All right, uh, Mark, there is a cabinet meeting this morning. I don't know if the live entertainment uh, industry has even been mentioned. They certainly are discussing weddings, but they're, but they're discussing weddings more from the amount that can go uh, rather than from what the entertainment is, is going to be like. But um, uh, hang in there. I mean, I have huge, huge sympathies for everybody involved in the industry. It's really tough what you're going through at the moment. But we really appreciate you taking time out to join us and talk to us this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, your heart at break from Woodenders. That is Mark uh, O'Reilly who's with the Portumna-based band Hot Fuss. Speaking on behalf of the entire music and entertainment uh, industry in Ireland. It was 500 days last summer since they stopped work. 1850-333-103. Bernie's taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, secondary school pupils will be taught about the human rights violations suffered in industrial schools, Magdalen laundries and mother and baby homes under a national pilot programme produced by NUI Galway's Irish Centre for Human Rights. Emily O'Reilly is one of the postgraduate students who developed the resources for the programme and Emily joins me. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, Patricia. And I'm very well and not before time. I say not before time that this has been uh, developed. Yeah. How important do you believe it is that students of today and indeed students into the future learn about what is a very dark part of our past? I think it's extremely important and I think it's absolutely shocking that they're not being taught it already. When we were doing our research, we found parts of the Leaving Cert History syllabus that could actually include such topics, but they haven't been mentioned yet. And also upon our research, we found out that Germany, Canada and Australia all teach their dark history. So memorialisation is extremely important to ensure that this doesn't happen again and that young people can connect with the topic and know everything that happened and learn about the institutional and gendered abuses that occurred. Did you work closely with survivors to put the programme together? We did. So me and four other students, there were five of us in total, we worked with Mary Harney and Fiona Fox. So Mary is a first-generation survivor and a phenomenal person, and Fiona Fox is a second-generation survivor and also a people advocate. So they were our mentors, and they were the driving force behind our project. 
And um, so they were, we heard, we knew it was important to really listen to survivors and they were our access to that. And one of the key things we knew was that I learned from them was how important education is to stop this from happening again and to teach students about it. And I, and I reckon they, uh, more than any anyone, spoke about how important it is for future generations to know what happened. Yes, absolutely. And also the importance of amplifying survivors' voices and having those in public education. And when we did, we ran our pilot programme in May with the school in Galway, Closha Caraba, which was amazing. And Mary came along with us. And at the end of our lesson, it's a two-hour lesson plan, and at the end of it, Mary told her story to the children and you could see how engaged they were and how important it is to listen to stories like that. And so many of them didn't know a lot about it, which is crazy because you wouldn't unless you were... Yeah, yeah. They were they were a group of transition year pupils, wasn't it? Yeah, a group of transition year pupils. We thought we were actually going to have to do it on Blackboard, but we were lucky enough to actually get into the school and to do it in front of them. Yeah. And it really it went so well. We had students who hadn't realised that this, had occurred and also that they had family members that were affected by it but they didn't fully wow. understand what it was. Yeah, it was it was just really showed how much it really needs to be in schools. Yeah, I, you know, I suppose when you look back a lot of families will say that there's very few families weren't touched in some way by some of either an industrial school or somebody who ended up in a mother and baby home or either through adoption. Because I was even reading a piece the other day on how some adopted people almost feel a sense of shame that they were yeah. adopted. And, and is that all tied in with this whole dark part of our past? Yeah, like when you look at the numbers, even just in the mother and baby home, those are 57,000 women gave birth to 57,000 children which is just a huge, huge, huge volume of people already in one particular set of institutions. And that's only the ones that we know of. So if you yeah. look, look at that in industrial schools and Magdalene laundries and the amount of adoptions that it's are still It's a huge in. number. It's a huge, yeah. huge, huge, huge Crazy. number. And this is, yours is, is a pilot uh, programme. It's, it's, a, it's a two-hour resource. Is that what you said for the teachers? Yeah, so it's a pilot programme. It's two hours long. And we came up with a lesson plan, and the lesson plan is for, it can be incorporated, like, nationwide. Then we also came up with the Galway study to bring the national to the local, because we're all, we're all students at NUIG. We thought it would be good for the students in the Galway schools to know how close it is to home. So that's all on the Open Art City Dublin website, along with, we made a guidebook for teachers, and that shows the importance of memorialisation and justice and redress for survivors, as well as research on Canada, Australia and Germany and that can be used by teachers to show them why they should teach the subject and then we also have our script from the lesson plan that teachers or aspiring teachers can use and other people can look at and it's accessible to everyone and then we have um, an archive of like newspaper articles, testimonies where you can look at the website for further information if you just want to do your own research on well the topic. Well done and that's now available to all schools? Yes, it's available yeah. for everybody on the Open Art City Dublin website. Everything's up there under our section. I think it's under resources. Okay. And ideally, is it, is it pitched to transition years students, do you think? we Yeah, we chose transition years because we thought they were the right age and we knew if we were going into the school at the end of the year, it would, they would be the most accessible group to get because obviously fifth years and sixth years have a lot of work to do. 
So it's a nice age group. Six, we're talking 16 year olds. Mm, mm. And it is quite a heavy topic. And we include a lot of law, like human rights law. So I thought it'd be more suitable to that age group in particular. Yeah. Um, but like our end goal for it was, would be for it to be on the Leaving Cert syllabus and maybe be even a topic of examination to ensure that it is covered. But that may take years. So we said we'd do the pilot programme. Well, you've started it. Minute. You've started yeah. it. It's. it's uh, someone has to start somewhere and I think a lot of people would agree with you that this should be on, should be contained in the Leaving Cert history uh, uh, curriculum. And Emily, in the course of, of the research, were were you shocked by some of the stories you heard? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like I thought I'd be quite up to date with my field of study in human rights. I thought that I was up to date with it and like we joined loads of survivors forums to listen to what they were saying about different topics, not necessarily it wasn't our forum. But I was shocked by a lot of the testimonies and everything that they had to say. I didn't realise that that the abuses are still ongoing today and that they still aren't getting like proper redress and that illegal and forced adoption is still not being talked about by the government. Yeah, and many of those people never survived. I've, I've, I've never gotten over. They've lived with either the shame yeah. or the abuse or the effects of the abuse, and and they'll carry it with them to the graves, which is, which is the really really sad part of all of this. Well, well, well done. It was your um your postgraduate work. Are you finished your studies now, or what are you up to? Not just yet. No, so I'm I'm doing my thesis at the minute, but I'll be finished next week. And my thesis is actually on transitional justice for survivors too. So continue on on the work well done well done and then the long term plan for Emily O'Reilly is what uh, I would love to continue working in this field either human rights in Ireland working with survivors or in policy work help in some way well you sound like just the type of person that we need working in uh, human rights good luck to you Emily it's a wonderful uh, programme we wish you and the rest of the students luck uh, with it but thanks for joining us on the programme this morning Thank you very much, Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. I always think the future is so much brighter when you've got young people like that with that uh, sense of pride in what they're doing as well, but focusing on the human rights and the survivors of the Magdalene laundries, the industrial schools, and the mother and uh, baby uh, homes. If you have a transition year, pupil in your household it'll be interesting to see will their school pick up on that pilot programme because it's open to any school that wants to do it and it is a free resource and by the way when we're talking of young people this happened overnight and I don't want to let the moment pass without saying congratulations to young uh, Mona McSherry she was in the pool in the 100 metre breaststroke final in the Tokyo Olympics now she went she's only as say she's only 20. She went to the Tokyo Olympics uh, representing Ireland in the hope that if she made it to the semi-finals that would be the win for her because she is so young. She couldn't believe that she made it all the way to the finals and she did and uh, she clocked up a time of 1 minute uh, 6.94 and came home in 8th place what was a very, very competitive race but as I say, just to make it to the final, uh, she really is incredible because I saw her swim the in the semi-final when she qualified and, and the sense of joy and it was only afterwards I realised that I had seen young Mona McSharry before on TV and I was thinking how did I see this young girl on TV before and actually Mona along with the rest of the McSharry family actually won the RTE Ireland's Fishest Family back in 2019 which was, was that the last year that we had Ireland's Fishest Family before we went into I don't know if we had one last year or not but they were the McSharrys they're from 
Grange in County Sligo. Sligo. So as a family, they're incredibly uh, fit. But well done to young Amona. She's actually on a two-year scholarship in the University of Tennessee. She's on one of these sports scholarship and that is what has progressed her uh, swimming but it was just a terrific achievement as I say for one so young to make it through to the uh, final and her main focus now is obviously going to be in Paris in three years time now isn't it going to be for for Paris is 2024 and she's because she even said uh, she's she's only the second ever Irish swimmer in history to reach an Olympic final we don't have a great record when it comes to uh, swimmers but she could be changing all of that so well done to young Mona McSharry 1850-333-103 Bernie's taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103-103. A couple of listeners looking for a little bit of uh, help. Kathleen was on uh, to say, would you please give a mention to for my sister, please? She lost her driving glasses. She only purchased them about a week ago and they were quite expensive. She parked her car in McCoom Car Park behind Murphy's Chemist Railway View. And she reckons it was somewhere around there that she misplaced or lost her driving glasses. Did anybody find a pair of glasses in McCroom car park, particularly behind Murphy's chemist? If so, can you call 021 733 Someone at the end of that number desperate. And if they're an expensive pair of glasses as well, there's nothing worse. And the fact that she only has them a week. So we can get those returned to her. And then Caitlin, one of our listeners, was on to say, could you do a shout out for me, please? I am looking for a dashboard bulb, headlight indicator bulb, etc. For a 1999 Polo Coupe Fox. OK, so people into their cars will know. A 1991 Polo Coupe Fox and obviously you can't go to a dealer anymore to buy these uh, bulbs. Somebody may have some at home, someone might have an old Polo Coupe Fox or somebody might know of a dashboard bulb for the the headlights of the indicator that would actually work. We have all of Caitlin's uh, details if anybody can help us out with that uh, please. And then David in Charleville has sent in a text saying Patricia I'm just wondering when any of your listeners on the 510 train last Sunday that travelled from Tralee to Cork um, David is trying to find out how many people were left on in Killarney. Don't know why, but he sent in a text. Can anybody help me? On the 510 train last Sunday from Tralee to Cork, did you spot how many people got on in Charleville? We've got, or got on in Killarney. We've got David's contact in, contact number in Charleville who's looking for that information. Okay, let me go back to the digital COVID certificates for a a moment um, because A couple of people are having problems accessing the recovery cert. And just to let people know that the recovery cert, the website address has changed. And this was something I was actually tweeting about last Friday when this particular portal went live. When the website went live, they actually had the incorrect spelling in it. They had certificate spelt wrong. Anyway, so they've changed the website to a new name and it's irishcovidcertportal.org. Now, I've just typed it in here at work just to make sure that it is up and running and is working properly. And it is. I typed it in and it came up straight away. So it's Irish COVID Cert. It's just Cert, C-E-R-T. Whereas the last one had the full word certificate in it, but they were missing an I, whoever typed 
typed it in. Um, and then it's portal.org. And I've got, str- I've had no problem getting onto the site because I've seen a listener saying that they've had problems getting onto it, that it keeps coming up as an error. The old one certainly keeps coming up as an error. You need to put in the new address, Irish COVID cert portal.org. And this is for people who have recovered from COVID-19 in the last, it's got to be either the last 11 days and up to 180 days ago. And they look for your name, your date of birth, your email address, and they look for your PPS number. But they also, most importantly, is they look for the mobile number that you provided when you were tested because obviously they, they'll trace it back through that, the date and, and whatever and they'll have all the test results on that. So certainly I've gone on to that website and it is working today because uh, I know people were having problems but I think a lot of people were having problems because initially people were clicking on the Irish COVID certificate portal.org, the one with the wrong spelling. And initially you could, because when I clicked on the certificate with the wrong spelling portal that on Friday. I got through straight away but I was thinking this is going to cause so much complications but then at some stage over the weekend I think they decided to take it down but it has been replaced with the new one now where they've dropped just dropped the word certificate to uh, cert and then they will issue you with your recovery certificate that you need in order then to go off and get your digital COVID uh, cert. And someone else has been on while people are on that helpline that we spoke about earlier where you're at least 90 minutes waiting and other people yesterday some of our listeners yesterday literally gave, gave up. Uh, we had so many calls in from people saying I couldn't be listening to that jazz music anymore and people just gave up on it. You're just going to have patience. For some people you'll have no other choice if there's something that you have to get through to the website to the helpline you're just going to have to bear with them. I imagine though as we go on there'll be less and less callers I'm assuming it's just initially because since the helpline went live that lots of people are trying to get through to it but somebody says Patricia just to let other listeners know I got my digital COVID certificate exactly one week after getting my final jab tell people out there uh, that they are still posting them out I got mine by post good luck to everybody at waiting and actually we've had people who are receiving them both by post and by email so I think once if you've at any stage given them an e- email address, then I would say to you, check your email. It looks like it's because it's the easiest way for them and obviously the cheapest way for them to send them out by email uh, and others then are receiving them by the post. But we are hearing from people who are every day will either get somebody getting it by email or somebody getting by post. So they are continuing uh, to send them out. Now, we've been talking about the music entertainment, live entertainment industry in the last hour and how the fact last Sunday they marked the occasion that it was 500 days since the music went silent here in this uh, country uh, that has led to some texts and some commentary in uh, John doesn't have much sympathy for those in the live entertainment business because he says the majority and John I don't know if you can say the majority but he says well we say a lot you reckon of people in the live entertainment business are double jobbing everyone knows it is a sideline for a handy bit of cash aren't they lucky to be getting paid for doing nothing for the last 12 months who pays for all of that it's the taxpayer I'm in the wrong business, says John. 
Uh, well, there are many in the industry, John, who who are not, and absolutely I accept there are people who are musicians and entertainers who have it as a sideline. It's a part-time job, but it isn't the same for everyone. There are many people and it absolutely is their full-time job. I mean, even that young lad I spoke with from that band, from the Portumna band, it's he, he and his band, it is their full-time job. They don't have anything else or they haven't had anything else for the last over 500 days uh, now. And then Anne in the City, and this ties in with the live music events, loves dancing. So there hasn't been a word about dancing. When can that go back? And I'm assuming, Anne, you're talking about social dancing. And there's a huge cohort of people who go social dancing every week and have absolutely uh, missed it. And only weeks ago we spoke about it on the programme with people saying that a lot of people in, who go social dancing are of a certain age and the majority of them have been fully vaccinated and why can't they open up social dancing even if you've got to bring your COVID, digital COVID certificate and I think if social dancing came back and people were told a little bit like hospitality you either have to be vaccinated or recover from COVID I don't think people would have any problem bringing along a COVID certificate to get in to go dancing. So desperate are they to have their little feet tapping and back in dancing uh, again. And then John in charge of him, because when I was speaking with Mark O'Reilly, we touched on the fact that his band part of the work that his band does is they're a wedding band in the Portumna uh, area and he was talking about how they transferred a lot of weddings from last year to this year and then some weddings have been completely cancelled. John's son uh, was wedding was in June. Now it was a re- it was initially supposed to be in March and then it was put forward to June. He paid a 300 euro deposit to the wedding band but then when he went to a new date in June the band weren't available to play on that date. The band refused to repay the deposit. Same thing happened with the photographer. They wanted to move the date from March to June. Again, the photographer was booked to do another wedding on the same day. Wasn't available to John's son. Um, So he had to pay a different uh, photographer and um, and and there was another 300 uh, euro deposit there. And John is wondering, has this happened to many other uh, couples? I would hand on heart say absolutely. We've had other couples who've been in the very, very same situation. And I can speak personally from this one because my own son is actually a photographer himself and his wife. And they do a lot of weddings. They they have a little photographer shop as well, but they do weddings uh, during the summer months. And I know last year when weddings were getting cancelled and some of them were being put forward for this year. So that was okay. The deposit was able to have been uh, held, but some people were cancelling it completely. Others went away just did small weddings and didn't necessarily want photographers etc uh, and then some people exactly what happened to your son were transferring to another date and the date didn't suit because there was already a wedding booked in and uh, and I was talking to him about it and he said that they made the decision early on in the pandemic to give back the deposits because he said it wasn't the bride and the groom's fault so they did give the deposits back but he said a number of the couples said they weren't getting deposits back from all of the other businesses now maybe the other businesses can justify that they had no choice they didn't have the money to pay it back or not but it does seem very uh, very very hard on couples because weddings are expensive enough as it is and if you've lost a deposit through absolutely no fault of your own it wasn't that you were f- 
that you just decided willy-nilly to cancel the, the date. Many of the couples had absolutely no choice at all because the, the venue wasn't available or the church wasn't available and they know the choice but they had to cancel and move forward for to a new date. It does seem very mean-spirited that co- young couples were losing out on deposits. But has it happened to other couples, John? Absolutely it has. I don't know how widespread it is but it certainly has happened to uh, other couples. 1850 333 103 and just on mention of some things that are coming up Oh, here's something for if you if you're looking for live entertainment, is is it an outdoor venue? You're gonna to have to stay in your car though. It's a driving concert which is happening in Theo Park next Sunday, first of August. Music is by Checkers, Teddy and Cahal Barry and Jimmy O'Donoghue Band. It'll start at half past two and the admission is ten euro if you want to go to a drive in concert, Theo Park next uh, Sunday. And then there's a drive in bingo that I've been asked to give a mention to in the community field in Doris. That's happening this Friday evening at 7pm all are welcome and that's come in from Helen Burke who is the PRO of the Community Council in Durham. C103 Jobs Irish Yogurts they've got vacancies they're looking for general operatives while general operatives are also wanted for Ellis Textiles they're based in Little Island a mortgage ad- administrator required that's for work in Moscarby no experience in the banking sector desirable although training will be provided and Cora Childcare, they're in Adrigal. They're looking to fill the position of Childcare Services Manager. You'll find all of the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. With the return of non-essential international travel since last week, some listeners have been inquiring into what is the experience like to go to the airport, get on a plane and end up on a sunshine holiday. Well, Cathy Burke. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
is Managing Director of Travel Councillors and she's recently returned from a three-day trip to Costa del Sol and Malaga and she joins me to share her experience of international travel in a pandemic. Good morning to you, Cathy. Morning, Patricia. You're, you're very welcome. Now, you travelled the weekend before the digital COVID certificate went live. I did. So talk us through what the airport experience was like. Look, everything was, I would say, easy. It's easy if you know what you need to do, in other words. So we flew out of Dublin because the flights hadn't started from Cork Airport at that time. Everything in the airport is so well organised. And I know Cork Airport is the same as well now. Uh, you know, from a point, the point of view of checking in, of social distancing, of um, wearing your mask, it's just, easy, if you like, and and you feel very, very safe. Uh, on arrival then in Malaga Airport again, lots of, you know, stands where they check your temperature, where they check your, that you've done your passenger locator form for Spain. You have a QR code. They check that. And very, very pleasantly, everybody wearing masks, off you go, you collect your luggage and, and you're there. And the airport, certainly the Irish uh, airports, while it's great to see flights back up and running, they're not, they're not as busy as they were pre-pandemic. So that will give comfort to people who, who, I mean, we've all remembered being in airports, particularly Dublin airports, it used to be the bane of my life. You'd arrive in there and it was just wall-to-wall people. We're not in a situation like that and won't be for quite some time. No, I mean, look, in Dublin Airport, they've got the two terminals now, so everything is very well spread out. You know, I actually found it quite sad how quiet and empty it was. But the numbers have increased, obviously, since we came back, since we went out and came back, because everything opened up on the 19th, as you know. But I think it will be a while before it's as busy as it was. Uh, But everybody is very you know, concerned about how they are in the airport and keeping distance and minding themselves. We didn't have any issues at all. I found it equally as sad coming back from Malaga Airport because that was also pretty quiet, Um, you know. But again, everything, I felt safe. Okay, and the digital COVID certificate, which is now up up and running for this country and indeed all of the other European countries, that does make the process easier because of the, you just scan the QR code. Well, absolutely. So I actually believe it or not. I, I heard you talking earlier about the DCC and I got my final dose of AstraZeneca yesterday morning at 10 o'clock. And at 5 a.m. this morning, my DCC arrived into my inbox. I would suggest to people that they check their junk yeah. uh, just in case it goes there. However, obviously I can't use that for two weeks. So I'm not clear um, until two weeks after my second job before I use the DCC. And again, my top tip for the DCC for everybody is print it off. If you're traveling, stick a copy of it inside your passport. You will still have it on your phone, but just in case your battery dies Mm -hmm. in transit. It's very, very important that you have that. Okay, and then every country, Cathy, will have different rules, different regulations. So no matter where you're going, it really is important that you put the research and the homework in to the destination that you're travelling to. Absolutely. And that is why uh, we are all recommending that people use the services of a good travel agent. We have nine travel counsellors in Cork. But with, with every other country, 
every country you must fill in a passenger location form before you arrive and you must do that in Ireland before you come back. And that is nothing to do with whether you have had a vaccine or you have a PCR test or you've had COVID. It's nothing to do with that. It's every country's tracing system. And then each country has a different style of one. So for Spain, for instance, we filled in their passenger location form. It had a QR code. When we went in, they checked that. Everything was fine. For Ireland, our passenger location forms don't have QR codes. And in fact, when you complete the passenger location form to come home to Ireland, it comes to you via email. And again, that can go into your junk. And when you arrive back in Dublin Airport or Cork Airport or whatever airport you're coming back to, you show the email. Okay, all right. The passenger location form from the Irish government is an email, and that's what you show. It's not QR code related. But the big thing that changed last week, and it seemed to be, wasn't really taken up by the media, I don't believe, uh, was that our government also, uh, on, I think it was the 12th of July, decided that you could only fill out that passenger location form online. So when we were coming home from Malaga, there were some people um, trying to board the flight, ready to board the flight, and they had the document, they had printed it, they had all their information filled in, and um, they were almost not allowed to travel until we obviously helped them to do it on online there and then, so they had it before they came home. So that's a real big thing for Irish people, that if you're... But, but, you can fill in the form before you even leave the country. Okay, and the the whole theory behind that is is if God forbid there was an outbreak on the plane and they needed to contact people to contact exactly. Trace, Isn't, that's exactly. what that's about. Yeah, and I understand why the government went online with it because if you fill in a manual form and you hand it into somebody at the airport, well then somebody has to sit down and input that into yeah, the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, we we don't have the manpower anywhere for that. So I do understand it, but it just seemed to go under the radar. Yeah, yeah. Not an awful lot of people know about it. Yeah. I've certainly shared it on social media and um, with our travel councillors. Okay, so that's the passenger location. But then you need you also need to check what the what's going on in individual countries. And the reason I'm Absolutely. mentioning that was what happened with the 25 people getting off the flight to go into Malta. Uh, and in fairness, it had been a government minister had stated you'll be okay with your vaccination cards that you, you got from the HSE. And of course, well, the Maltese no. government said, no way, Jose, no. you need to have the DCC. I would, I would. Absolutely not. I've seen that card you know, a a fifteen year old artistic person could could <laughs> uh, make one of those themselves. And I would say, even though uh, certain governments are saying yes, that was suffice, I would say don't travel with it. Make sure you have the electronic version because you will end up in trouble. The other thing that happened in Malta, of course, was that twelve to seventeen year olds pretty much aren't welcome because unless they're fully vaccinated. Now, we didn't have our 12 to 17-year-olds in Ireland vaccinated. I believe that's starting now this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was another thing, whereas a lot of other countries within Europe, for the 12 to 17-year-olds, they will accept a PCR test, or in, in the case of Spain, they'll accept an antigen test, which is obviously a lot more convenient. So, But it's do your research, is, is, is your message. There's no point do, land, do landing research, in a country. But also, Patricia, do your research and then check and double check it. Because, again, what we discovered um, just in the past couple of days is that much of the DFA website has not been updated. So 
and, and we've brought it to their attention and obviously they're under pressure and obviously they're trying to get it up to date. But that is quite difficult as well when the information on the website isn't actually 100% clear. Uh, the other thing that we're recommending to all of our customers is that they download the Reopen EU app. Now, this is obviously for only travelling within the EU. The UK isn't even include, included in that. But what you can do is you can go into this app and you can you can put in where you're originating, Ireland, where your destination is, Spain. It tells you everything you need to get in and out of Ireland and to get in and out of Spain. And it's it's even at that I would check, check and double check. And also I would say the first thing I would do before I book a holiday is find out how I get home, then start worrying about how you get into the country before I book. Okay. And of course, the thing is, you can book something now for two weeks' time and something can change. So you need to check before you travel. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right the way up to when you go. Yeah. However, I, I don't think that Europe will change that much. Uh, so the EU obviously are all you know working together to make sure that the EU is open. And I would be very surprised, maybe with some documentation that you may need to have, but I would be very surprised if an emergency break was applied to any EU country within the EU. Okay, uh, now uh, this is question has come up before on, on the programme. This is to do with the digital covert certificate, the DCC. Uh, what if the name on the digital cert is different to the one on the passport? Will it be yeah. accepted for travel? That's no, catching that's a lot. Yeah, and it's catching yeah. a lot of people. Well, it's Ireland, isn't it? So my husband's name is um, Jack but yeah. his passport is Andrew. Do not ask me how that <laughs> happened. And also we have um, we, we have that in Ireland an awful lot. In, in other countries where we have where we have travel councils, they always think that that is very uh, Irish, and it is. But again, there's no need to panic about that unless you're travelling imminently. So we had people trying to phone the helpline who weren't travelling till October. Um, so that can be fixed, and you've plenty of time. The other thing is. Fathers and apostrophes. You never have them on an airline ticket anyway. So you don't need a father or apostrophe if that's on your passport because that's never on your airline ticket. Okay. All right, so, so a lot of people are worrying about that as well, but yes. But the helpline, yeah. when you can eventually get through to it, will, and it only affects people who are, who are travelling, for people going into hospitality this weekend, going out to a nice restaurant, your cert in a different name is fine. They're not going to, they're not yeah. going to query it. It literally is only uh, for travel. So yeah. you arrived in the Costa del Sol. Tell me, mm-hmm. what, what was it like? Well, it was fantastic, um, as always. I love we stayed in Malaga City. I particularly like Malaga City. But again, everybody is just so good about sticking by their rules are the same as ours. You wear a mask going into restaurants. They had indoor dining, but very well spread out. And look, it's an outdoor dining culture, isn't it, in Spain? Even though we've done great uh, work in the past couple of months to kind of emulate as we just don't really have the weather. So it was just fantastic. It wasn't madly busy. A lot of Spanish people on their holidays on the Costa del Sol. But Malaga particularly, you have the beach, you have the city, you have the old town, you have beautiful tapas bars, you have wine, you have food that is probably half the price that it is here. And there's some great bargains in terms of quality accommodation, you know. So it was just, yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, curfew? Was there curfews? Um, well, curfew is probably a bit of a strong word. Okay. Uh, the pubs close, the bars close at 
So they stopped serving at 12. Well, it's the same now, here. We're, well, we're an, hour, yeah. an hour behind here, yeah. Like, yeah. All I can say on that, Patricia, is, you know, start earlier if it's, it's that important to you. Um, but for me, I was very happy to finish uh, my meal and my few drinks by midnight and head off. And head the great off. thing about that is that everybody's up a lot earlier and enjoying the weather and sunshine. So, of course, lots of countries have that. There's, there weren't any nightclubs, but I'm okay with that, you know. Okay, yeah, the younger generation may not be, be, but exactly, yeah, but exactly. if if if, if I, I don't know where you'd be going, well, you can maybe go to England if you want to get nightclubs. They seem to yeah. be the only one doing nightclubs at the moment. Uh, yeah. John in Clannacilty, could you ask your uh, guest? My guest is uh, Cathy Burke uh, of the uh, Travel cons- Travel Councillors. Uh, the we, you spoke about the passenger location form. Does one form do for all of the family, John? And no, John one, to know. one per person. One per, one person? per person. Yes. Um, now the 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 parents can use the parent email on our four forms. Okay. Uh, but one one form per person. Okay, and we have a listener who's travelling this weekend and just realises her DCC her cert is in her married name, but her passport is in her maiden name. Uh, well, if she can get onto the helpline, that would be useful. It depends really on where she's travelling to. Um, if if she had a copy of her marriage certificate that might help but I'm, I'm a little unsure on that if she's going this, this weekend, weekend I'd be, I'd be, yeah, I would be ringing yeah. the helpline I would be ringing I the helpline as well and that's uh, why other people should leave the helpline free for, for emergencies like that and they did say that to anyone travelling the next 10 days you should only be ringing the helpline if you are travelling in the next 10 days right. listen uh, Cathy thank you for that you're a mine of information and thanks you're for jo- joining us on the programme this morning good Anytime. morning to you bye 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 that is uh, Cathy Burke Managing Director of uh, Travel Councillors Barney's taking your calls at 1850 333 103. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. Now, earlier this year, I spoke with Fianna Fáil County Councillor Audrey Buckley, who explained why sheep were grazing at Temple Breedy Cemetery in Crosshaven. Well, to update us on this environmentally friendly approach to cleaning up a graveyard, Councillor Audrey Buckley once again uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Audrey. Uh, good morning. Thank and you for having me on. Well, well, you're very welcome. Can you start by reminding us of where you got the idea from? Because I'm always conscious that other people may not have heard our previous interviews. Just tell me where the whole idea of goats um, and sheep cleaning a graveyard <laughs> came from. Of course. Um, yeah, so it started about three years ago when I was visiting my cousin in the Mumbles in uh, Swansea. And um, we were walking in the Gower and I saw the sheep just roaming around and the, the grass was pristine. So I um, thought, my God, this, this would be great for the old graveyard by, by me, uh, Temple Breezy Graveyard in Crosshaven. Um, so when I did a bit of research into it, I realised that we probably needed goats first because of the heavy brush um, and goats love ivy and, and just the scrubland. So that's what we did first last year. We It took me about six months, but I, I found a lovely lady in West Cork in Barra who um, lent me four of her goats. So that was such a novel idea here nationally. I think that the goats actually went national. They even featured on, um, on television and national papers. <laughs> Um, and I think also so many people came up to visit them that uh, the goats were there to work, but people were feeding them. So we had to put the message out there, stop feeding the workers. Yeah. 
say that to work. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but but they did exactly what they say on the tin part in the box. Yes, they, I mean they, they were fantastic. They really did work. They did, and you know what that brought as well is um, a lot of older people would have come up there walking um, from the area and would uh, actually. I learned, you know, we had a famine grave in there, two and a half to seven thousand people apparently are, are buried up there from the eighteen forty six. So you know, we were all learning a lot. And some of um, a core group from Fort Camden, Mar, um, because Fort Camden was closed for the summer, came on board because um, there was a lot of engineers buried actually up in Temple Breedy Graveyard. So that then in, brought a different uh, angle to it because they were able to do a bit of research and get history because they had heard some of the names actually when they were working in Fort Mar. So they actually then were finding their graves up there. Oh, brilliant joining up the dots of, of, they of were. history. So you then moved from the goats had done two. their work, <laughs> phase two then we're getting the uh, the sheep. Yes, so phase two we um, brought in the sheep finally. So um, a lovely lady in Ballet Castle here in Cork, um, she bought four sheep for us. So we had two mothers and two lambs, a male and a female. That, in turn, brought another bit of an issue for us because, um, keep in mind, these animals, to protect them, are kept within Harris fencing, about 24 Harris fencing. So we have to move them every week to move it to the new areas. So um, the male, we christened him Houdini because he would be getting out three or four times a day. So my life was spent shepherding as well as other volunteers running up and down to Temple Breezy, putting him back in. <laughs> and figuring out how he was getting out. So, um, in turn, we got we sent him home, okay. and we took three more female lambs. So now we have four male female lambs and two, fee- two of the mothers, and they're fantastic, because when we're up there working, they come out and help us. They walk around. One of them likes getting their ears scratched. Oh. So they're part of the team. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but the, re- and the real bonus, I was reading about yes. this on the yes. Examiner yesterday, uh, the sheep have, have uncovered um, historic greys, but tell me about the little girl 18, from 1872. Yeah, so um, in turn, so when, so phase two would have been the sheep and phase three is us, the humans, are in there and we remove um, gently and respectfully the old scrub from around a lot of these marker stones and the old graves. So when the sheep had moved on, we, um, one of the volunteers, uh, Ray and Teresa, actually um, started cleaning gently around this this grave that you, you see. Um, and it was just amazing to see because it's actually, um, it's kind of a concrete little coffin with shells, and we're guessing them from Church Bay Beach. So um, it's um, if you look more closely at the picture, you'll see um, the shells all around it in a cross formation. It's it's beautifully ornate. Yes, 18, uh, yeah, it's amazing how long it's lasted, you know? Yeah. And the love that went into it, and that's kind of what was so endearing. Um, but we were very fortunate because last year, with the support of local people from Crosshaven, when we fundraised, we raised 3,000 euros, so we has registered over 400 of these headstones onto historicgraves.ie. So um, we have Marion and Jason, who would be very active with the, the history of it, um, looked online. Um, they were able to get to gather all the information because we had registered these graves, and they were able to find that her father was a corporal in Fort Camden Mar. Um, she had two brothers. Uh, one brother died in World War One. 
the second brother, um, their family had moved back to England, and she was able to find a second generation um, grand. So it would be his grand aunt, this little girl. She was two and a half. Ma- Maria Kate Russell. Russell, that's correct. And you've yeah. it's, so her. You found her grand nephew. So yes. Her grand nephew, exactly. Would he visit? Will the family visit the grave? Do you think they absolutely? They were delighted when um, so uh, Marion got in contact uh, with the family, and they were delighted because they were doing their genealogy. Because apparently that's really big at the moment. A lot of people are doing their family trees during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Because time on their hands. No idea that the the, their great great grandfather would have been here in Fort Camden Mars. So. They will definitely be coming. Ah, when that's COVID. really sweet. And, and just what struck me when I looked at the shells, as you say, and they were, you know, with such love, they were put on. Yes. I mean, this is a little two-year-old girl who died. You know, yes. in my mind's eye, I'm thinking, was that the mother? Was it the father? Did they do it together? Yes. It was, you know, because it was just, you know, by the way, it's done. It's been done with so much love. And, love and, and, and to so lose a little two-year-old girl, yeah, yeah, so sad. Yeah. So it's, and and there's. Five of them, so this is obviously a bigger find, but I think Marion and Jason have actually been in touch with four families that we have actually uncovered up there. It's brilliant. It's, it, it, yeah. it, re- it really is brilliant. And what's the cemetery starting to look like? Um, fantastic. We, we've been really fortunate um, with the help of Minister Michael McGrath. He um, put us in touch with the Heritage Store just after getting more funding to do reports. So we have a drone up there this morning and they're going to mark We've we've uncovered probably over a hundred of these marker graves, which means they're a large stone because these families couldn't afford a headstone. The oldest headstone we found is 1711 up there. Um, so this then would entail we can set out a maintenance plan because we don't want it to go back to what it was. Mm. We have to protect this, and um, this is part of our history. Um, and for you future know, it's, generations it's, yes, as well. Absolutely. It's, it's just so. it's 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 so important. It's it's brilliant what you're doing, and and in some ways, Audrey, I'm assuming the pandemic has actually helped you yes. in inquiring more volunteers. People have more time on their hands to help Absolutely. out with these things. And like myself, I mean, you know, I I cancelled my ferry to France on Saturday. I wasn't going again for the second year because of COVID. So I'm uh, interim shepherd at the moment. <laughs> so that's why these reports are important because when I'm in France next year, and if we have sheep up there, we need to have proper plans in place. Yeah, yeah. And a proper plan for, with the help of the heritage, um, to put these measures in place. And you know what's come out of it is a great sense of community spirit. And new, there's so many new people living in our area. We've The socialising has been great. And um, it's brought awareness to other groups. I mean, we've had a Spanish paper contact us. The BBC has contacted us. Um, and other groups um, nationally have contacted us. How are we doing this? And I'm have. Do you know if anybody else locally have, or even here in Ireland have contacted you to, to follow the lead of what you're doing? Yes, uh, we've had um, one from Sligo, one from Monaghan, and recently I've had somebody from West Cork. That doesn't surprise me because it's just it's, no. so, it's it's a no brainer. It does take an amount of work and, and all of that, but it once does. you get it up and running, it's it, it's terrific. And your group, Audrey, if I'm right, started out to save the the steeple. That's correct. So this whole project started four years ago with St. Matthew's Church. Um, uh, the graveyard, to be honest, wasn't even on my radar. Um, it was Mary Sleeman from the Heritage after we did the church. She said, now, Audrey, what are you going to do with the graveyard? 
Um, so the church took four years to to consolidate. So we're hoping that will last for another 140 years. <laughs> Um, and the graveyard's just been a bonus, really, because, like you said, we're all kind of staying at home. And yeah. so it's a great local initiative. We move them every Wednesday night. God help you if you're passing, walking, going to Marchville or anywhere. We'll grab you in to help us move them. Well, the thing is, there will be future generations. Audrey will be thanking you and the rest of the crew uh, for, what, so. for what you've done because it, it is uh, fantastic. Well done, well done. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank for you people, very much. For people visiting and going around by Crosshaven, you can go and see the, the sheep and interact and with graves. And yeah. as well um, to find any relatives if you think you have somebody buried here. You know, there's over 400 now registered. Mm. So... You check know, it out. Check group. it out. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. Okay, listen, a pleasure as always, Audrey. Thank you for that. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning Bye. to you. That is uh, Cork County Councillor Audrey Buckley joining us from uh, Crosshaven. Bernie's taking your calls at 1850-333-103. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. On a breaking story for the COVID-19 vaccination programme, it is set to be extended to include 12 to 15 year olds. A recommendation that all children in this age group, 12 to 15, is to be included. That recommendation has been made to the government by the National Immunisation Advisory Committee, NIAC. We knew that NIAC was looking at children. They were looking at the evidence coming out from uh, other countries, but I don't know if anybody expected that decision uh, to come quite so soon. And it is expected that that decision will be approved by the Cabinet today. We know that the Cabinet are meeting this morning to discuss a host of different things. But it looks like NIAC have got their recommendation in in time for that Cabinet meeting uh, today. So we'll keep a close eye on that. That's 12 to 15 year olds will be the next to be included in the vaccination programme. We may even have more about it on News at 12. We're going to take a break though. Head to the newsroom at at 12. We will catch up with your calls and comments coming into the programme in the next hour. And Joe Heffernan is going to do a stress test. Let's see how stressed we all are. Thanks to Cathy Burke from the Travel Councillors who spoke to us about her recent trip to Spain and spoke to us about what it was like going through the airport etc and there's a number of questions in particularly with regard to the digital COVID certificate the DCC and one listener who was travelling I think it was this weekend uh, was saying her problem is that her digital COVID certificate is in her married name but her passport is in her maiden name so they don't match and she's fearful of when she gets to the airport and I know I've heard of people who've had the wrong Christian name on their a DCC as opposed to their passport and they weren't allowed to even when they were trying to check in online they weren't allowed uh, to do it so it is important that both of those pieces of paper match but Cathy has been back to say I have a possible solution because the danger is that our listener might not get through to the helpline in time for this weekend for a new digital COVID certificate to be issued to her in her maiden name to match her passport. So Cathy says, I think I have a solution. She said, if that listener gets an antigen test or a PCR test, it will get her, if it's Spain, they'll take an antigen test, but in many of the other countries, it's a full PCR test you're going to need. And then she, she won't need uh, a digital COVID certificate. But you can also get a digital COVID certificate for travel by getting a negative antigen test. So maybe that might be the best thing to do if our listener is not able to get through on the phone line because I'm just, as soon as I mentioned the helpline, I had people saying, you know, still an hour and a half waiting this morning to try and get uh, through. And that's why we've been told you only contact them 
if you are planning to travel in the next 10 days. But unfortunately, not everyone is abiding by that particular piece of information. People are desperate to get through and, and they're just ringing constantly. And somebody else says, Patricia, could you find out for me, with an out-of-date passport, will that do as photo ID? As I've no other form of photo ID and I'm assuming that that's for hospitality is what you're talking about because obviously you couldn't travel on an out-of-date passport. My gut would say, yeah, it would be fine to go somewhere. Can I photo ID? I don't know if they're going to be checking your passport that uh, carefully. But bear in mind that when you are asked to for your digital COVID certificate or proof that you've been vaccinated, not every place is going to ask you for photo ID. Because if you think about it, if you're going to go, say, to your local pub to have a drink, maybe at, at the weekend, and say it's Johnny O'Brien is going along and Johnny O'Brien has been going to this local pub for the last 30 years. Everybody at the door of the pub is going to know who Johnny O'Brien is. So Johnny shows his that he's proof of vaccine and he'd be let in. You'd be guaranteed he won't be asked for photo ID. So I don't, I think people are stressing a little bit too much about the photo ID. I don't know. I really don't think many places, unless you're going somewhere where they literally don't know you and they really are querying the fact that that's not your digital COVID certificate but would would I use an out-of-date passport? Absolutely. Absolutely. If it, if, you know, to show it's me, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem with that and I don't think anybody else uh, would uh, either. Okay, let me open the texts and the WhatsApps, please, if you would like to win one of our C103 smart speaker. We need you now to register with us, please. We need your name and address. We will leave it open for 10 minutes. Then we will select one of the listeners to join me on air. You will need to be able to repeat to me the winning phrase, which is play C103. And by doing that, you'll win one of our smart speakers with done deal for all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. This is our third and final week giving away the C103 smart speakers. And can I just say to... and and today for some reason an amount of people who won smart speakers on the first week of the promotion are on saying oh, I haven't haven't got my smart speaker yet and somebody's saying oh I'm afraid that you mightn't have my right address and why haven't I got my smart speaker I've just checked in with the promotions department as to what's happening with the smart speakers and they tell me that they're not going to actually issue them until the end of the competition so we've another week the f- Friday is the last day that we'll be giving away the smart speakers so then next week they'll start to issue the smart speakers I'm assuming that they'll all go out in the the post. Um, I don't think they're going to be hand delivered to people's doors as we would have done once upon a time. We'd have sent the street fleet out but that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, so hold off for people. We It's not that we haven't got your full address. We do have your full address and we will get around to you. I promise you that. But now is the time to text or WhatsApp us if you would like to win today's smart speaker on this programme 086 103. That's the only number that you can contact us. You can only contact us by text or WhatsApp. No point ringing to enter the competition. You need to enter by text or WhatsApp and then we randomly generate one of the listeners to be our winner for today. So get texting on that. And while we're waiting on your text to come through, let me take a look at some of your commentary coming in uh, this morning. Somebody else says, I miss social dancing all of the time, but I went on out last Sunday outdoors and it was wonderful. I don't see the problem. We've all been vaccinated. We're all being so careful. Why do they not bring back uh, social dancing? Also, Suzanne, how come all of the matches? People can go to all of these matches and yet they won't allow us to go back social dancing. At the end of the day, we are the people who uh, in the main have been fully vaccinated. And so many people are talking about that, the fact that they have been uh, fully vaccinated and yet they're not 
been allowed and I can't find anything on social dancing and I I take it with the interview that I did earlier on with live entertainment social dancing is going to be tied in when bands and musicians and DJs are allowed to go back to work it's then obviously doors will be thrown open and social dancing will be back again bearing in mind as as I said if you were up north they are reopening all of that kind of entertainment and people going to theatres all of that kicks off from uh, 6 o'clock this evening but we we have a bit of a wait uh, here and somebody else is saying when you're on about social dancing what about the bingo halls when will the bingo halls uh, come back we have a number of drive-in bingos going ahead but again I think the bingos are going to be again all tied in with when the live entertainment industry is back up and running that's when everything else is going to uh, open up Um, and somebody says Patricia do you know if there's any drive-in bingo in Mallow I don't if anybody can let us know because I've been calling out there are a number of drive-in bingos that I have have been announcing but I don't know if I've heard of one in uh, Mallow I mean only today I started off the programme by mentioning some driving bingos that are happening at the weekend if I can find them now there was some in earlier there's one in the field in Doris that's happening on uh, Friday at uh, 7 o'clock but no I no, listen, I'm not saying that there's not driving bingo happening in Mallow somebody may be able to tell us driving bingo in Mallow. Does anybody know of one that is going ahead? If you can t- fill us in on that, please. 1850 333 103. Uh, I'm congratulated, uh, Mona McSharry, the young 20 year old who was in the pool in the early hours of the morning, well, early hours of this morning while we were on in our beds in the Tokyo uh, Olympics. She made it into the final of the 100 metres breaststroke. Now she finished eighth, but her achievement was making it to the final. She went out to those Tokyo Olympics saying if I can if I can make the semi-final I'll be doing well and she made it all the way through, through to the final so she certainly will be one to watch in the coming years and somebody else I've been asked to congratulate is one of our own and this is Caroline Hayes Caroline is from Newcastle West and she finished 23rd in the triathlon at the Olympics and that was out of 54 taking part that's a huge huge achievement that triathlon triathlon is just any of those events where they do you know they go from one to, from the swim onto a bike onto a run the level of fitness that's required I have the utmost admiration for anybody that takes part in those events so well done Caroline Hayes from Newcastle West everybody in Mwilin GAA really really proud of Caroline's achievement well done Mary's in Roscarbury she said she got her second jab on the 2nd of June still waiting for a Covid certificate she's due to travel in August and is starting to uh, get worried Mm, yeah, if, again, I'm assuming you've checked all the folders, all your email folders. Like I say that to everybody now that contacts me to say that they didn't get their COVID certificate because every day we will inevitably get at least one, if not more, calls from people saying, I did exactly what Patricia said there. I checked the folders and it was in a spam folder. It was in a social folder. So just check the folders on your email to make sure, Mary, that it hasn't arrived because the 2nd of June, you should have, you would imagine you should have been receiving it by now because we're hearing from people who only got their second jab 
last week and they already have their uh, certificate. I mean, I don't know when in August is the beginning, middle or end. They do say that if you're travelling and you haven't had your certificate 10 days out, you need to start ringing them. So yeah, so I would hold hold on if it's the middle or the end of August, hold on for another little while and see what happens. But then you're going to have to have a lot of patience and sit down and not get distracted and sit on that phone and just wait for somebody to answer your call because at the moment certainly in the first week of the helpline only 10% of the calls have been answered so you're going to have to be very very patient indeed and Antoinette in Cork City she went to Italy last Monday for a week came home last Monday weekend came home on the Sunday she said she was listening with interest to our piece that we did on travel she said she wasn't asked for any documentation at Dublin airport she said everything was checked in Italy both ways when she arrived and uh, coming back she was travelling with Ryanair now she says she did upload all of her details onto the Ryanair website before travelling but that's Ryanair not the government well Ryanair the airline is responsible for the passenger locator form and so that's what the government asks but it's the airline does that and that's what we were talking about uh, on our piece this morning with with Cathy Burke of the travel councillors she was saying that they had they, they, the one thing they require is before you get on the plane that you upload all of the passenger locator form you can actually do it before you even leave that's just in case there was an outbreak on the plane that they can contact you and they, they can track you down but I'm surprised to hear that your COVID tracker your digital COVID certificate wasn't scanned when you left Dublin Airport or when you arrived back in. But Italy seemed to have their act together and doing it all right. Anyway, Internet said she was surprised. She thought that there would have been more checks done at uh, Dublin Airport. Thank you for your call, Internet, to 1850-333-103. We were looking for a drive-in bingo in Mallow. Haven't heard about one, but Liz in Effen said, there's one close enough if the, the listener was looking for one in Mallow. There's one in Kildowry at the Creamery. Happens every Friday night if the person wants to go from Mallow to Kildowry. Their bingo is on on uh, Friday night. Thank you for that. And when I was talking about the Olympics uh, earlier uh, Nessa was on to say Patricia what did you make of the Norwegian team who were fined for not having the correct uniform on for the beach volleyball. Wasn't that an absolute disgrace? Okay, I know what you're talking about and that actually wasn't the Olympics. That was to do with the European uh, Championship and it's this is something uh, beach, it it wasn't even beach volleyball. It's something called beach handball. It seems to be very similar to beach volleyball and the Norwegian female beach handball team were fined 1,500 euro because they opted to wear shorts but the actual correct uniform that should be worn by all beach volleyballers and beach handball team are bikini bottoms but this team decided no that they train in shorts they kind of they look a little bit like box not quite boxer shorts like cycling shorts a little bit shorter than cycling uh, shorts that's what they actually look like they say they train in them they feel more comfortable in them and their shorts similar to what their male counterparts wear and they got fined now it wasn't at the Olympics because the Olympic Games when I checked this out before I came on air this morning the Olympic Games don't do beach handball they do beach volleyball but I did check out under beach volleyball the ladies are required to wear those bikini bottoms now Men will tell you that they prefer to watch beach volleyball with the ladies wearing the bikini 
bottoms rather than the shorts. Don't quite know why, what that is all about. But anyway, this group got fined and I saw that, the, and I'm joking by the way when I'm saying that, I saw the pop singer uh, Pink has come out and said she would pay the €1,500 on behalf of the Norwegian team and she wished them well and she said that the European Handball Federation and they're the crowd who find this young group of women she says they should be fined for sexism. She said Good on ye ladies. I'll be happy to pay your fines for you. Keep, keep it up. Well done. Now, I don't know what's going to happen on the beach volleyball at the Olympics, whether all of the teams will turn up in the... It's, it's the um, they were fined for... It wasn't inappropriate. They were fined for improper. They weren't wearing the correct the correct uniform. It's a little bit like when you go to Wimbledon, the lady, everyone, ladies and gents, everybody must wear must wear white, and that's part of the rules and the regulations. So I suppose that's what the European Handball Federation will say. The regulations state that the female team must wear bikini bottoms, where the boys can wear shorts, and that the girls shouldn't have been wearing what were the equivalent of male shorts, what the boys wear. So they were uh, fined. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Bernie taking your calls. You can text their WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With the new Explore Cork app, a Cork County Council initiative featuring over 850 places to see and things to do. And a reminder that Boherbury National School, they're holding their monthly raffle draw. Now it's happening this Thursday at 8pm and they'll do it via Facebook Live. This month's jackpot is top prize of €500 and the second prize is a three-night stay with two evening meals at Hotel Europe in Killarney. And remember, the big draw is for the four-bedroomed house in Killarney. That takes place on December 31st. Tickets are priced at €100. Your chance to win a house. And they're available from Boherbui National School. And Shine a Light, Suicide and Mental Health Awareness are presenting Make Some Noise Cork. That's on this Friday. It'll be streamed live from the Firkin Crane from 7pm to 8.15pm by Unity Media. And links are available on the Shine a Light Facebook page. And the Mick O'Regan Memorial Motorcycle Run in aid of Pieta House will be held on Saturday week, the 7th of August. It will leave from Bottomant at 1230 Sign in will open at 11am in Bottevent Soccer Club. Donations are also welcome through their I Donate page. The link is available on the Mick O'Regan Memorial Motorcycle Run Facebook page. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. Uh, you know something I think today is the biggest entry we have ever had for Smart as Speaker giveaway. We have randomly generated our winner. And let me go and who do I have on the line? Mary Toomey is in Dunamore. Good afternoon to you, Mary. Good afternoon, Patricia. And how are you today? I am not too bad. Uh, just hoping our son will come back to us. Yeah, you'd miss it, wouldn't you? Oh, you really would. Yeah. Do you know, this morning, was the, this morning was the first morning I was walking. I was only from the car and I went to work. And I said, oh, I felt a bit chilly all of a sudden because I haven't thought about jackets or coats or anything for God knows when. I know. And we were so used to them. And then we just forgot about them for a while. The only thing is, you we are sleeping much better at night. That's 
too, all right. Yeah. But hopefully we get another night. We will, we will. That's not the end of our summer, I'm guaranteeing no, you that. No, it was lovely anyway. At least we got something. We did, we did. Now, I need you to repeat the winning phrase, please. Play C103. Well done, well done. You've just won yourself a smart speaker. And have that you ha, have you tried before to, to, to win? Oh, I've been trying every day since it started. <laughs> and I knew my chances were running out as this is the last week. Well, your perseverance has paid off and you will be receiving your smart speaker very soon. Congratulations to you. Thanks a million, Patricia. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Mary Toomey. Bye-bye. Mary Toomey in Dunamore, the latest winner of our Smart Speaker with Done Deal for all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. We have more of the Smart Speakers to give away. This is our final week, but we'll have another Smart Speaker to give away this afternoon with uh, Nick and Mark is in for Martina. So there will be another one given away at four as well. At, oh no, sorry, Mark isn't in. I'm going to say Mark on these holidays it's Martina is back she'll be giving away another one at four o'clock today so do stay tuned for your chance to win one of our smart uh, speakers and of course it is the winning winning phrase play C103 because the idea is that when you get to smart speaker that's what you shout at it you don't have to shout just say it to it every morning and the radio is on in the background for you all day uh, long. They are wonderful, wonderful little things. You won't be, you, you wonder, you'll wonder how you survived without it. Okay, just very quickly some texts in. Uh, hi Patricia, uh, great to hear you cover the music industry earlier on the programme as I feel we were badly uh, let down all along. I am 50 years on the road. This is by the way from uh, Mike Fitzgerald. I'm 50 years on the road this year. I'm 40 years depending on it. It's been good to me. I'll be 70 in November. I might call it a day after that. Oh, Mike, don't say that. Star Trek Sunday. And then he sent on a photograph. Star Trek Sunday last. Uh, enjoyed all the rules carried out. Um, maybe they might allow dancing even at open air events. But if some places where they are dancing don't obey the rules, then what will happen is they'll close us all down. We put in a huge stage to comply with health and safety, insurance rules, all of that to cover all of the bands uh, so that we could keep the music alive. We got no grants for everything. We've done it now and back along the years. And it's a fo- an aerial photograph taken of a driving concert that they held at Star Tracks last Sunday and it just looked fantastic. Well done. Well done, everybody. They were all socially distant, even in their cars. So, yeah, what would have been wrong with people getting out and doing a little bit of dancing out in the... And, and what a lovely sunny day it was as well. You know, you wonder, uh, really outside people fully vaccinated why couldn't a bit of dancing go on so many people are looking for that for sure thank you for that Mike and don't you dare even consider giving it all up and hi Patricia you're spot on this one of my spot on about oh, this is to do with the COVID, the digital COVID certificate I found my neighbour's certificate in her mail folders a while ago it's been there guess what for 10 days she's delighted I found it thanks for the tip uh, Patricia yeah so many people it's just for the people who goes into the primary 
email it's fine but of course there's so many particularly with Gmail they've so many they they changed the format of Gmail and they've all these other folders now instead so just to say to people particularly if you gave an email address check because it has been in the main a very efficient system of sending out the digital COVID certificates of course there are some people are going to fall between the cracks and we know in the very early days of it when they were issuing nearly a, mi- a million emails seven and a half thousand bounced back they, the actual email address there was a letter or a wrong or a digit something wrong with the email address and they bounced back so there will always be cases like that but for the vast majority of people you should be receiving either by email or in the post it has been very very efficient Call Patricia with your comment 1850 333 103 And Joe Heffernan who runs a counselling practice in Bohabui joins me Good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon Patricia And, and today we're going to do something we haven't done in quite some time and that's a mm. stress test Yeah and, and I'm assuming we're all more stressed because of COVID and the pandemic probably than we've ever been at a previous time. Well, not I all think of us. I a, would lot, agree. a lot of us are. A lot of us are. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Even now, and you know, your programmes are often so helpful in the sense that, yeah, I got my COVID cert now and it says what you know me as and anybody who knows me knows me as yeah. <laughs> Joe Heffernan. Yeah. But my passport Is name... Uh, my official passport name, claimed the parents, is different. What is it? William Joseph Heffernan. Okay. <laughs> so many families. I it never. I I have a sister in law uh, who we who is Maria, and uh, she's Eta Maria. And we 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 even when we ask the mother in law what happened to the Eta part, she just don't, I don't know. But. <laughs> she was christened uh, no. and, and therefore her yeah. passport is completely different to what to what she's known as. Oh, so yeah, stop. and of course it only it only becomes a problem if you're travelling. So don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and 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 if one was travelling within the next ten days, then I think we're saying it's that one eight hundred new number, is it? Yeah, yeah. Right. Where where we had somebody yesterday four hours and gave up listening to I thought that the average now is down to ninety minutes. Yeah, if you're lucky. And yeah. yeah, and what can happen at the end of the 90 minutes is the phone line gets disconnected. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, stop. because I've spoken to you in the past about dealing with helplines and the stress levels that that causes when you're on hold. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It really is. I, I had a wonderful experience the other day. Um, I had once again occasion to ring air um, on the, what is it, the 1901? Yeah met an extremely pleasant young lady who um, uh, uh, then checked the line, said, yes, there's a fault, and uh, <laughs> this is where it goes wrong, and the engineer will be with you in the next two days. Now, that was something like last Wednesday, and no one has turned up here anywhere, and the the downside of that is that you're reluctant to have both leave the house at the same oh, no, time. In case he calls when you're exactly, out. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, no, so I mean, uh, the the um, the response on the phone call was way up on the old days, but uh, that still isn't much good when the promised engineer doesn't show. It's like when a workman or an engineer or whatever says, you know, I'll call to you on Monday 
but they just don't tell you which Monday they're going to call. Exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. Okay, let's get back to yeah. the stress test. Then. Let's just see how stressed we are. Okay, yeah. so a series of questions and you have to say yay, yes or no. Is that it? Exactly. Okay. And what we'd be hoping for would be a certain number that we'll say at the end. Now, there are one or two of them that need a tweak on account of COVID-19. And there's one of them that we leave out altogether because um, it was... <laughs> okay, uh, we'll get the phone line. We'll get... Uh what, uh, has, has the engineer arrived and is trying to fix uh, poor? If you can get Joe back on the on the line, it just, it just <laughs> we were just talking about his phone problems. So let's see if we can get uh, Joe back on and uh, find out if if somebody's come to fix the phone or is the phone gone completely. Anyway, uh, just while we're waiting on that, so we've been talking about social dancing and people missing this social dancing. Somebody reckons social dancing will not come back until nightclubs open, and this listener reckons that nightclubs won't to open until at least January and if that be the case this listener reckons that people who are there waiting desperately hoping that uh, that social dancing will be back if they if it's aligned with nightclubs uh, which are they too they're, they're, they're really on paper I think they may look similar but to me they're two very different things you certainly while you can have a busy night out and social dancing nothing like the numbers that you would see at a nightclub or you wouldn't be all on top of your uh, top of each other am I, am I right in saying that no absolutely when people are out social dancing they are going to be close together but somebody else is saying Patricia why could they not bring back in social dancing where you could only dance with one partner like for example a married couple that are both fully vaccinated you couldn't dance with everybody else now that wouldn't suit everybody because a number of people will go social dancing to meet with so many you know to meet up with other people and to trip the light fantastic with different dancers so that mightn't suit anyone but this sister is making the point surely if nothing else it would get social dancing back up and running uh, and if you just limited it to you have one partner both par- both partners are fully vaccinated you're almost in a bubble for the social dancing if you know what I mean I don't know if that would work for many people or not but somebody makes that just as a suggestion now it is looking like Joe's phone has gone uh, completely so I don't know if we're going to be able to get him back on uh, but while we're waiting in, in case we're not let me just move on to something that I want to mention because I mentioned that the vaccine portal for people aged uh, 16 and 17 has opened oh we do have him back okay he's on line four, is it? Okay. Are you back with us, Joe? Yeah. I am. Oh, my God. It doesn't do to give out about air <laughs> engineers. <laughs> do they just... I looked out the blooming door yeah. after giving out about that the person hadn't turned up. Yeah. And there she was at the top of a pole outside <laughs> and cutting off the phone. <laughs> Okay, right. but you're okay now. You're getting sorted. Okay. Well, and, let's hope so. Okay, <laughs> and I'm conscious of time, so let's get straight through the questions as quickly we'll as you can. We'll fly through them. Okay. I eat at least one hot balanced meal a day. Yes or no? I get seven to eight hours of sleep four nights a week. I won't be taking that one anyway. Okay. I give and receive affection regularly, yes or no. I have at least one relative within 50 miles on whom I can rely. The next one. 
I exercise to the point of perspiration at least twice a week. I had no problem last week anyway, I was perspiring most <laughs> of the time. I don't know if um, that was to do with exercise though or the hot weather. It hadn't a bit to do with it, Patricia. Yeah. The next one is, I do not smoke. If I'm ticking yes to that, I'm, and I would be, and you would be. The next one, I drink fewer than five alcoholic drinks a week. The next one is, I am the appropriate weight for my height. Well, now, since COVID, I won't be taking that either. The next one, I have an income adequate to meet my basic expenses. The next one is, I get strength from my spiritual beliefs. The next one is, I have a network of friends and acquaintances. The next one is, I have one or more friends to confide in about personal matters. The next one is, I can speak openly about my feelings when angry or worried. The next one is, I have conversations with the people I live with about domestic problems, chores, money, daily living issues. The next one, only four to go. The next one, I do something for fun at least once a week. The next one is, I am able to organize my time effectively. The next one is, I drink fewer than three cups of tea or coffee per day. And the last one is, I take quiet time for myself during each day. Okay, so we, we're asking people just to, to say yes or no to those questions and then you add up your score. Now, what's the important, where should you be if your life is, you're doing okay Reasonably on the stress? Reasonably dealing with, yeah. with stress. Where nine. Should, where's nine. Nine. Nine and over, you're doing pretty much okay. Absolutely. But nine are but under nine you need to you need to take to, to, to take a look at some of the items that you said no to on the list. Exactly. And make them a goal maybe. Say can I turn that one, for example, into yes. Well, and that other them, one that I said no to yeah. can I turn that one I mean, into a yes. Some of them are, are are very doable. I mean drinking less. We know people are drinking more during mm. the we're not saying people are alcoholics, but there all the evidence is out there that people are doing more home drinking. So that's something that you could look at. Are you, are you having more than five alcoholic drinks a week? Maybe you could, you know, cut down on that. The smoking yeah. one is an obvious one. Even as you when you mentioned about the weight one, the weight one, a lot of people put on weight during the pandemic. But again, yeah. it's something that you have control over. Yes, yes. And, and I think that's the magic word and well said. I think the ones that we have control over, well, we can do something about that. And then, um, you know, a good philosophy in life anyway is accept the things that you do that you don't have control over and do something about the ones that you do have control over. So... Um, what you'd be aiming for is, you know, that maybe you could hit 10 yeses if you were to do this in a month's time. Um, 
say, yeah, that one there now is a no. Hmm, I can, I can make that a yes. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, get a kind of a result as a twelve, which would be reassuring. That would, no, I'm not saying that this is a magic, magic test. I mean, but it is indicative of um, things that help. And, and, and it kind of indicates things that don't help. So, um, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a like, good little exercise to have a look yeah, at now and again. I think so as well. It's like the one on the exercise, you know, to the, to the point of uh, perspiration. I mean, yeah. a lot of people that would be really big into their exercise and doing, doing their exercise or going out for your walks or whatever. And for a number of people, a number, I'll, I'll say us, the thought of doing it. But then when you go out and you do it and you get whatever it is, whatever form of exercise you like to take, even if it is just a brisk walk, you do feel so much better when you come back. Absolutely. And I often think ahead like that. I kind of say, okay, it's six o'clock this evening. How will I feel, A, if I went for my walk, and B, if I didn't go for my walk? And invariably, the answer would be, at six o'clock this evening, or seven, or eight, whatever, I'll feel better if I can say I went for my walk. So that's a good old motivator then to go and do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. and then even confiding, I mean, so, okay, some of the things are, are obviously, you, you can't just magic them away, like the mm-hmm. one of having the, the, the income adequate, your basic needs. You know, people have lost their jobs because of COVID, people are Precisely. still, you know, we were only talking about the music industry uh, today, so people, yeah, still, still I have, this, yeah. people still have a time to go before their income will be adequate, there's, there's not a lot you can do about that. But you know, the mm-hmm. network of friends and acquaintances, acquaintances, we all have friends and acquaintances, but it's still Staying in contact with them is the yeah. is the key. Yeah, yeah, and I sometimes um, just sit down for one minute and have a think. Uh, who didn't I make any contact with now in some time, or even to run through a glance at the content, the contacts in the old mobile phone, and uh, I'd see a name and I'd say, "Gee, haven't been in touch with a month or more," and. Uh, you know, maybe hit the green button and say, hi, how are you? And uh, they will probably feel better for the fact that they got a call from someone that they know well. And the caller will definitely feel better. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Somebody says, how many questions did Joe ask? You asked, it's normally 20, but you've dropped one because it was it's it was to do with uh, attending regular clubs and activities. It would be Which, around that now, yeah, around so, uh, so 18 or 19, 19 or yeah, so. no, I counted them down. It was 19. It was, okay. It was, it was 19. Obviously, somebody's adding up their scores or maybe somebody's comparing it to a previous one that we did. Yeah. So, no, it, it was um, uh, 19. And uh, somebody says, uh, I love the one about having fun at least once a week. That's something we can yeah. all do. But Absolutely. But, but, you, but you must do it yourself. Yeah. And I, I, I'd often ask myself, like, when is the last time, say, Mary and myself now, when is the last time that we had a really good old laugh? Mm. And um, thankfully, no, the answer to that one would be last evening. Um, just something that got said that, um, yeah. you know, uh, g- gave us a bit of a giggle. Um, I, I think, um, and, you know, we might talk a little bit about that some uh, Tuesday soon. Yeah. Um, the value of laughter. Yeah. 
But, yeah. it, but it's, if you if you look at something on TV, like, you know, something funny or, you know, yeah. if you've access to the internet, if you, you know, if you look at some of the things on YouTube or, you know, things that are even fun things that people are sending around on WhatsApp and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and TikTok. And they just, yeah. and there's nothing like a good belly laugh. There's absolutely, absolutely nothing like it. It's the best and tonic And it's been ever. proven yeah, medically, um, physiologically, whatever other logically there can be. That it actually is uh, health. I, I would 100% agree. Okay, listen, yeah. we'll talk next Tuesday. Enjoy your bank holiday weekend. Okay, and, uh, I'll go out and talk to my engineer. Please do, please do. <laughs> Smile nicely. Thanks a million, boy. Uh, thanks a million, Joe. That's Joe Heffernan who runs a counselling practice in Bohabui. His number is 086 8348145086834815 Somebody's asking about the tax office have they reopened I just checked and the motor tax office is still from what I can uh, see certainly on their website they are still closed to the uh, public uh, you can access them through uh, online or by post okay that's where I leave you talk to you tomorrow at 10 Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.